Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Have you ever been stuck? I don't mean like physically stuck, but like mentally stuck. Like your, 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 your mind has gone totally blank. You're, you're out of options. You know, the light is green. Everybody's honking their horn, but you don't know which way to go. Some of you might be in that place right now. But if you're not, one day you will come to a place and you'll come to a time where you're not going to know what to do. You're going to weigh all your options and none of them will feel right. It can feel very helpless. It can make you feel hopeless and, and, and scary. You may even feel like you're all alone and you've got to figure things out all by yourself. Well, fortunately for us, there's a story in the Bible of a woman who was in exactly that very position. She was facing a difficult situation in her life, and she literally doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know where to turn. She had literally reached the end of her rope, and just when it looked like nothing was going to work out for her, God worked everything out for her, for her good and for His glory. And we can learn some very valuable lessons that God can teach us about what to do when we don't know what to do. You know, when I was a kid, I remember learning a lesson very early in my life about crossing a railroad track or crossing the street. You, you probably learned it also. You remember these four words? Stop, look, and listen. That's some great advice because that is exactly what we need to do when we don't know what to do. I'm going to read the story in its entirety, and then we will draw some lessons from it. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. It says, Now one of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but a creditor has come to take my two sons as slaves. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? She said, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go, ask for vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not just a few. Then go in, shut the door behind you and your sons, and pour the oil into all of these vessels. When each is full, set it aside. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they kept bringing vessels to her, and she kept pouring. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. But he said to her, there is not another vessel. And the oil ceased. Then she went and told the man of God. And he said to her, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debt. And you and your children can live on the rest. Now this woman was obviously in some very deep trouble. 
This lady apparently was very deep in debt. And like wolves, you know, howling at the door, people were lining up. They wanted their money. Now remember that in those days, there was no life insurance, no retirement plan, no social security, no welfare system, no, no, no safety net. This woman had already sold everything she had. She sold her furniture, her fixtures. All she had left was some family. And in, and in those days, well, your family, well, they could be used as collateral for a loan. If you owed money and you could not repay your debt, your children, well, they could be taken from you and sold into slavery until the debt was paid. There was no such thing as filing for bankruptcy. It was pay up or ship out. And we are told in verse 1 of the story that this woman cried to Elisha. Why did she cry to Elisha? Elisha was a man of God and was God's representative. This woman had done exactly what any of us ought to do when we don't know what to do. <clears throat> Let me tell you what I mean. During a Bible conference, uh, a presenter one time was, was having this question and answer session. And a woman stood up and said, let me ask you this question. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Now, <clears throat> they had been discussing, you know, guidance and, and, and knowing the will of God and so forth. And so he hears this question, he thinks for a moment, and he gave this answer. He said, when you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Well, let me tell you one thing you can do when you don't know what to do. Remember this, when you don't know what to do, God does. When you don't know what to do, number one, remember God is watching. He knows that problem that you have. He knows the situation you are in. He knows the confusion you are experiencing. He knows your problems. And, and, and those problems, they're always God's opportunities. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9. Here's what it says. For the eyes of the Lord move about on all the earth to strengthen the heart that is completely toward Him. You have acted foolishly in this, and from this point forward, you will have wars. You see, it says that God is literally watching and looking for people who in the midst of their most difficult situations will simply stop and bring him into mind. Too often when we don't know what to do, we turn to everybody but God. We turn to everything but God's word. We accept every advice but godly advice. When, when you don't know what to do, it's always an opportunity to get your focus back on God. Once you remember God is watching, He knows what is happening in my life, He knows what is going on, and then 
you can take the next step. Number two, look and see that God is waiting. You see, God is not only watching to see if we will focus on Him, He is also waiting to see if we will rely upon Him, really begin to trust Him. Listen, listen to what Elisha says to this woman in 2 Kings 4, verse 2. Here's what it says. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. You see, Elisha asks this woman two key questions that are key to understanding what you do when you don't know what to do. Here are the two questions. What do you need and what do you have? This woman, well, she needed everything, but she had nothing but a jar of oil. But in that jar of oil was a gold mine. The woman did not even pay any attention to that jar of oil. She, she, she had overrated it. She had overlooked it. And really, what God was doing was He was just waiting to see if she realized what she really had. You know, so often we forget that we already have in our possession what God has already given to us. We forget sometimes that we have friends that will help us if, we, if they just simply know our need. We forget that sometimes that, that we have abilities or we have connections or we have opportunities. We have possibilities that we don't even think about until we're forced to really take note of the resources that God has already placed into our hands. You may have something in your possession today that you think is relatively unimportant. You may think you don't need it, but you will need it tomorrow. You may think God can't use it today, but He may be able to use it tomorrow. The Hebrew word here for jar is a word that literally means flask. Now that flask was not just ordinary oil, but anointing oil that could be used to anoint God's servants. And that tells us something very important about this jar. This was not just ordinary oil. It was holy oil. It was oil that God could use. And you're saying, well, what does that have to do with you and me? In our heart right now, there flows a fountain of living water. You and I, in a sense, we are a walking oil well. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. By this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believe in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit has not yet given, 
because Jesus has not yet glorified. You see, there is in your heart right now an oil well. That oil, that's the Holy Spirit of God. There is not a need that you and I have in our lives that the Holy Spirit cannot meet. That's why Elisha gives her these very specific instructions. Back to 2 Kings chapter 4. Now this time, verses 3 to 5. Then he said, Go ask for vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not just a few. Then go in, shut the door behind you and your sons, and pour the oil into all these vessels. When each is full, set it aside. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they kept bringing vessels to her, and she kept pouring. So she had to make sure these vessels were empty. She had to make sure that these vessels were clean. When we're facing a situation where you don't know what to do, God is waiting, first of all, to see if you will make sure you are empty of yourself so that he can work in you. And then secondly, that you are totally clean, that there is no sin between you and him. When you are empty of self and you are clean of sin, God can fill us and God can use us and God can meet every single need that we have in our lives. When General William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, which happens to be probably one of the greatest organizations in the world, when he was in his 80s, someone asked him how he was able to build a world-class organization from scratch in such a short period of time with absolutely no resources. Here's what he said. He said, I'll tell you the secret. God has had all there was of me. There have been men with greater brains than me, men with greater opportunities. But from the day I got the poor of London on my heart and a vision of what Jesus Christ could do with them, I made up my mind that God would have all there was of William Booth. If there is anything of power in the Salvation Army today, it is because God has had all of the adoration of my heart, all the power of my will, and all the influence of my life. You see, anytime we're facing a situation where we don't know what to do, when we're thinking that you've got to rely on ourselves or the, our own ingenuity to figure things out. Know this, God is waiting to see if we will empty ourselves of self, cleanse ourselves of sin, and make sure there is nothing in our life that would keep him from working in our behalf, giving us guidance and, and meeting our needs. Now that leads us to our last step. Number three, listen 
and realize that God is working. Do you realize that the entire time that you and I are in a situation where we don't know what to do, God is already working in our behalf. You see, this lady did what God told her to do. Even though it sounded so strange and seemed so weird, no debate, no discussion, no dispute, no disagreement, and no deliberation. God told her, find as many vessels as she could, shut the door, pour out the oil, fill up the vessels. And when she did exactly what God told her to do, God did what he said he would do. When this woman did what she was told to do and did it immediately, it was an act of faith. She obeyed for one reason. She believed that God would keep his word. She obeyed God totally. She obeyed God completely. And because of that, God was able to bless her in a tremendous way that could have never happened otherwise. The greatest advice ever given in the Bible was at the wedding of Cana, where Mary, the mother of Jesus, looked at the servants and made this statement, whatever he says to you, just do it. When it comes to obeying God, the only passing grade is 100. If you obey God 99% of the way, you failed. Once you know that God is watching and God is waiting and God is wanting to work, when you surrender everything that you have to God and just and trust Him to come through for you and you obey God immediately and implicitly, and inclusively, whatever you keep pouring out, God will keep filling up. I've learned something about God and the way he relates to us. God tests us by our faith, but he measures us by our obedience. Listen to the conclusion of the story, 2 Kings chapter 4. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. But he said to her, There is not another vessel. And the oil ceased. Then she went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your children can live on the rest. This woman had enough to pay her debts. She had enough to fulfill her desires. She even had enough to take care of her dependents. The only reason she ran out of oil is because she ran out of vessels. There was no limit on the amount of oil. The only limit was the number of vessels. If that woman had brought a million empty vessels, she would have ended up with a million full vessels. The only thing that limits God in our lives to come through in the most difficult situations is the amount of faith that we're willing to put in Him and the extent to which we are willing to go and obey Him. See, when you're in a situation where when you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Stop. Remember that God is watching. 
He knows your problem. Look and see that God is waiting. He's waiting on you to focus on him and put all that you have at his disposal. He can meet your need. Then listen and realize that God is working and God will work in your behalf. The truth is, we don't always know what to do. But in those times, we need to remember that God does. We're not always in control, but we need to remember that God is in control. We can't always work things out, but God can and God will if we simply trust Him and obey right here where we are. Let's pray. Gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, thank you for providing for our needs. Father, I pray that if anyone within the reach of my voice right now is in a situation where their mind is completely blank, where they don't know what to do, that they may do what they know to do. Just place their trust completely in you through faith and obedience, knowing that you will provide an answer. Bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that point in our program where we have our special offer, our free offer for all of our viewers. And if you watch us on a regular basis, you know that we always have a special gift that we'd like to share with our viewers. And um, that gift is free. It will come in the mail, postage paid. There's no obligation whatsoever on your part should you choose to request the gift. And Today's gift, this is one we've offered in the past, and so if you've requested it, you've received it in the past, and you've enjoyed it, well, why not request another one to pass on to a family member or a friend, your neighbor? Uh, this little booklet is called Your Future is Safe with God. And we'd love to send you this. As I said earlier, there, there's no obligation on your part whatsoever. Now, some of you do choose to send a donation after receiving that. We appreciate that, but that is not, that's something you choose to do. That is not mandated. You don't have to do that, but we greatly appreciate it uh, when you do. So if you'd like to receive this little booklet, Your Future is Safe with God, then pay attention right now to the information we're about to share with you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. 
If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another program. You know, the time just zips on right by here. Uh, we want to thank you again for, for joining us. Uh, want to encourage you, like I do every week, to uh, let friends and family know about our broadcast so that every week that goes by, we can increase our viewership. So share that with them. In order to help you, you can refer them to our website, l4ltv.com. The website, all, a lot of information on the website. Uh, upcoming programs are advertised there. Uh, all of the previous programs, you can have access to those. You can request the free offer. You can do that online. You can uh, get connected with a Bible study group. I have some other topics with other lectures and other uh, study materials available on there for downloading for watching. There's a live appearances tab where uh, you can find out where I will be appearing live. And so you can come out and see me if you like and introduce yourself. And then there's a Donate Today tab. And many of you have gone on that tab and have sent a donation by, by Visa or by Interact Debit. Uh, we will send you a receipt, an official receipt for income tax purposes because we are a charitable organization. And just want you to know again that every time you send that receipt, that money gets invested directly back into the ministry, not for salary or, or wardrobe. Or, you probably noticed I wear pretty much the same thing all the time. But it all goes into pay for airtime, studio time, the gifts. That's where it goes to. Not a penny comes directly uh, to me. So I just wanted you to know that. I also want you to check us out on Facebook. Just, you know, go on Facebook, search Lessons for Living Television. Our Facebook page is there uh, every week after the program airs. program is on Facebook, which makes it really easy for you to share that with your friends. Uh, on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. As a, as a subscriber, you'll be notified every time we add a new program to YouTube. You'll get a little notice of that. You can watch that again and you can share that. Also want you to know that I'm on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. And I'm going to ask you to follow me on Instagram every morning. Early in the morning, I put out a one-minute little video, a little devotional thought. What a great way to start your day. Is it right in the first moments as you get out of bed? You know, you have prayer and then you, you can spend a minute there and just on, on thinking of the things of God. And so many of you have done that. Let me encourage you to also subscribe and follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Before we go, just want to quickly reference our missionnowcanada.com website. That is the overseas mission work that we do in places like the Philippines and Paraguay. Uh, information there on upcoming trips. Pictures of previous trips are there. If you'd like to get information to maybe think about joining us on an upcoming trip, you can do that on the website. You can also donate on the website specifically to those overseas mission projects. We are all out of time. Thank you again for spending these moments with us 
I hope we have the opportunity to do this again real soon. I'll be praying that you'll be here. Till then, we'll see you. See you back here again next time.